Hello, everyone. It is so good to be back in your airballs. Happy Friday. I hope this week has uh, been good for you and good to you. Today is my 52nd birthday. On May 23rd, I'm recording this. And if I had to describe the first 50 years of my life, starting from the point where I could walk, I've always been doing this thing that I'm going to talk about today. It's a a phrase that I heard earlier this morning, and it was so good that I just had to write it down. And it was running enthusiastically in the wrong direction. <laughs> or maybe more appropriately, running enthusiastically in every direction but the right one. <laughs> and it's actually a great metaphor for ADHD. We were all running in every direction and getting nowhere as a result. You know, as divergent thinkers, our brains don't flow in a linear way. So instead of like running from point A to point B, kind of like a, like a, a straight line or a railroad track, it's more like, think of your brain, an ADHD brain as a virus emoji. You know, the one we've been using for the past few years during the pandemic, it's like a little green circle with a bunch of little things, a tiny offshoots coming out of it. Well, it's a good way to uh, illustrate our brains. We have a big juicy, delicious brain, but it has like a bunch of small offshoots that in every direction in terms of what we pay attention to. So it's no wonder that we all have this common feeling of knowing that we're smart, but not being able to reach our, I'm putting this in quotations, potential. It's actually kind of ridiculous to think that we might make progress on anything with a brain that does run enthusiastically in every direction. I mean, no wonder we all feel behind, overwhelmed, burned out, disorganized, and just generally freaking exhausted. So what do you do about this? <laughs> I believe that even though we have interest in a million different things, we typically have a sense or a knowing about the things that are for us. Now, I'm talking about anything between career, relationship, interests, forms of movement, diets, the places you live or the things that you have around you, everything. When you, when you focus in, you have a sense of knowing that is more visceral than it is logical. You feel it in your body because your nervous system tells you that it's safe, that it can relax when you are in the presence of these particular things or people or topics, there's a knowing there. So a couple of examples, when I first met my husband, I had an immediate feeling of peace and safety around him. And that had never, has never gone. And that's why I know that he was, he was for me. I've also known that yoga is for me. It's kind of like my pathway to presence at the risk of sounding too woo-woo. It's the physical practice of yoga that brings me into my body. My head always feels like it's spinning on an axis. It's just always busy all the time. But when I start doing yoga, when I start getting into a flow, it immediately just stops and centers itself on my brainstem as it should be. And that happens like within the first 10 minutes. I also know that the technology behind yoga, like the eight limbs, there's yamas and niyamas and pranayama, all these different I call it technology, but maybe you might call it philosophies. Those elements that go past the physical practice uh, of yoga, they align so well with my personality and my beliefs and my way of viewing the world. I feel safe there. So that's why yoga has always been, since I was first introduced to it, a very integral and intimate part of my life. So 
if you have never taken the time to think about this, like what inherently in your heart do you know is for you? I would encourage you to take some time to do that. Ask yourself, what do I viscerally know is, you know, Oprah had in her magazine, a whole column dedicated to the one thing I know for sure. (laughs) Uh, In your case, it is not to be just one thing, but what is something that you know for sure about your life and where your priority should be in this season of life? It doesn't have to be forever, but in this season, I know particularly for myself, a season for my life is my health and well-being and my business, two very important things. And they take up a lot of time, but I'm happy. I woke up on my 52nd birthday, just filled with gratitude that my life is where it is right now. And although I do get distracted a lot, I keep coming back to knowing that my business is my intellectual and almost spiritual priority because I feel like I'm so aligned to it and I'm doing something that's not just for the betterment of my community, but also for the betterment of me because I'm talking to my like-minded peeps. So coming back to this idea of divergent thinking, beyond just being aware of this sense of knowing that we just talked about, we also have to build intentionality around our habits and our focus that helps us rein in these big, beautiful brains of ours on what is most important. I had a client this week, this new client, and on her first call, she had said that, you know, she got diagnosed in her 40s and she just started taking medication and she thought that that would quote unquote fix her But what she's come to realize now is that medications are not the fix. And if you're not aware of this, medications help you turn your brain on so that you can access it to do the things you need to do, but it doesn't help you manage it, really. That's a skill and it can be learned by anyone. I mean, that's not an inherent skill for most of us but we can all learn it. And that's one of the benefits of coaching. And she really came to me because she needed to learn how to manage her distractibility so that she could funnel her energy into the things she truly wanted for herself. And the one thing that that struck me about this woman is that she's incredibly smart. She's professional, she's got a great job and she's incredibly accomplished, but she's struggling with this virus emoji brain that's in a million different directions and she can't seem to harness her energy to do the things that she needs to do in her business to move it forward. And that's a skill. So it can be learned. Don't give up on yourself. Keep listening. That's a lot of what I share about here. But it's that process of learning to manage your brain, being able to prioritize and organize and plan and follow through on tasks. These are all executive function skills that can be developed. But when we think about how we want to develop them in the context of this busy, divergent brain that's enthusiastically running in every direction, at its core, it's a matter of understanding what matters most and then funneling the majority of your attention and energy in that direction. And trying as much as you can to put blinders on the things that come up that that steer your attention away, which is not always new and interesting and exciting things. Sometimes it's 
old stories and limiting beliefs and unhelpful thoughts like I'm a mess. Because when you tell yourself things like that, then you behave accordingly. I read something really interesting in my coaching manual today about how thoughts are the ancestors to our behaviors. Whatever we do in reality, there is a thought that preceded it. So if you're thinking I'm a mess, then you're going to behave as though you're a mess. Thoughts are the ancestors of behaviors. I love that. So with that said, accepting that your ADHD is going to continue to distract you to do other things, either by hook or by crook, positively or negatively. Once you make peace with that, instead of trying to fix it, you can accept that this is how your brain operates and then you can move on into problem solving. I heard another great quote this week about self-acceptance. And the way that he put it was, I know I should do the thing, but I also know that I won't do the thing. So let's look at alternate ways for getting to the same or similar result. And I thought that was really profound. Like instead of assuming that you have to do this thing this way, maybe get curious about, well, what if I just accepted that that's not going to be the way I do it? Because that's just not how I do things. But I can now accept that and accept that maybe there's another way of seeing this. I love this idea because we're all raised and socialized to assume that there is a right way to do things. And usually it's some neurotypical person <laughs> that has decided that that's the right way to do things, but it's not natural for us. So we think, okay, this is the right way to do things, but I can't get myself to do it. So there's something wrong with me. And then I need to be fixed. And then we go through our lives thinking that we're broken and we always need to be fixed. Whereas instead, maybe that's the way I should do things, but also, no, I'm not going to do that. So let's look for an alternate way of getting to the same or similar result. I just think there's so much profound realization in that. And, and that mindset shift could be like exactly what you need to move from feeling like a broken human being to somebody who's just different different in a good way, different in a bad, different, just different. You know, there's no judgment there. There's no value judgment. The ironic thing here is that we are equipped. We, as an ADHD years, are equipped with these big, amazing brains that love to think about different possibilities. And we are so good at brainstorming creative, innovative ways to do new things. And yet we default and defer to the way things have always been done as the right way to do things. The other thing I've noticed that we tend to do is defer the expertise of ourselves to other people. I'll give you an example. When pe people come to me for the first time, I ask them what they want to accomplish in coaching. And they, they say that they want me to give them strategies so that they can you know, manage their brain, get things done, those sort of things. But what they're not understanding or seeing in the moment is that you are always the authority on yourself. You will always be the best person to know what works best for you to get things done and, and to thrive. I, I'm not the authority on you. Nobody's the authority on you. And yet we always want to think that somebody else has got that for us. So I've always struggled with that idea of everything you need is within you and all the answers are there. Because, you know, I, I think of some filing cabinet I'm not accessing, <laughs> but really it's, it's not that cut and dry. The reality is that what we're doing is, as I mentioned, deferring what 
we believe to be the right way as something that somebody else has has done and that we should be able to do it that way or not at all. When really what is truly happening is that there's a million different ways to do anything and to be successful at anything. And there's a million different ways of defining success. So if we can just like let that be and marinate in the idea that we could possibly come up with our own best way because we've been the one living with us our entire lives and we see the aspects of ourselves that nobody else sees. So yeah, we're kind of an expert in us. If we can lean into that a little bit more, then the answers are in there. We just need the right questions to bring them out because we're so fixated on the right way to do things is over here. This neurotypical person did it. So I need to do it their way. And we don't, we absolutely don't. What we need is somebody to ask us skilled questions to bring the right responses out, to bring out the answers and get into that filing cabinet that we can't access ourselves. I hope that makes sense. I know I'm using a lot of analogies today, but it's, it's how I like to talk. So with all of that in mind, knowing what you know now, that your brain's thought pattern looks more like a, a virus emoji instead of a train track, and knowing that the way to get past that is to start cultivating and maybe writing down all of those senses of knowing that you have and using that to make decisions about what matters most to you and the best way to approach things, accepting that there's some things that we know we just won't do. Then we can start to leverage the best parts of our ADHD. We can stop fighting against it and we can start inviting our ADHD to the table in our minds along with our consciousness and our life experience and our inner critic when we're making life decisions, when we're deciding what's most important and the best way to get there for us. Does that make sense? Bringing it into the fold, knowing that it's there, giving it a seat at the table and being loving and compassionate to it because it's not going anywhere, guys. <laughs> your brain is, is not going to get fixed because it's not broken. It is just your brain. So one more thing I want to call attention to in terms of this idea of running enthusiastically in the wrong direction or many directions, like it or not, we are not going to start running in the right direction until we get intentional about our time and the destination, like where we're going. So that's the, that's the point of prioritization that I mentioned earlier that really gives us that horizon of where we want to go to based on what's most important to us. But then we've got to take it a step further. And that means planning, planning our day, planning our week, month, quarter. And if you can even let, think that far out, planning your year ahead, knock yourself out if you could do that. But if all you can do is wrap your brain around the next day or two, just start there, do it. And that's thinking about what's most important and making sure it's reflected on your calendar, on your to-do list, making sure that that's where your discretionary spending is going to. And the people you're spending time with are like around that most important priority. And that's how you start making progress to your goal. But just make sure that it's one or two goals at a time. That's it. It doesn't have to just be one. But if you give yourself that virus emoji image of goals, so there's 763,000 goals and this one brain in the middle, you're going to continue to run enthusiastically in every direction and go absolutely nowhere. That's all there is to it. And here's my final thought on this. If you're not living your life by design, then you're living it by default. And for us, those of us with ADHD, the virus emoji is our default. 
And that is not cool. No one should have to live life like a virus emoji. So instead of running enthusiastically in a million different directions, ask yourself, what's the best place that I can direct my time, energy, and attention to right now, and then run enthusiastically in that direction and enjoy it. So I hope that was helpful, that whole idea. It really was for me. So that's why I was excited to share it with you. So speaking of prioritization, I'm having a bit of a virus emoji situation in my business right now that I thought I would share. I have been, uh, since December, creating one podcast and one YouTube uh, video and one Sunday setup. I hope you're on my Sunday emails, by the way. If you're not, got to get on those emails. I'll put a link in the show notes. And I'm doing that every week. And I feel really good about it. But I am spending so much time creating content that it leaves me with very little time <laughs> to do what I'm actually doing in my business, which is coaching and um, marketing my business. So I knew coming into this that this was going to be part of my early growth, but it has somewhat taken over my growth <laughs> to the point where I'm not going to be able to scale everything I'm doing right now, realistically. So I've been thinking for a while now about whether I want to scale back on my videos or my podcast. And to be honest, if I think about what I enjoy doing more, it's definitely the podcast. It feels very natural for me to do this. And it also feels very natural for me to consume podcasts. I am somebody who likes to move around a lot. You probably are too. And that's a great thing. So having something in my earballs as I'm, you know, going about my day is a lot more helpful than sitting watching a YouTube video. So my inclination is to dial back the YouTube videos, but the problem is that it's really difficult to scale a podcast because they're not really searchable in Google. You're not going to happen upon them. Um, and whenever you share the podcast or leave a review, it's helpful for pushing this out to more people. But I am going to have to make a decision on what I want to prioritize so that my most important thing, which is my time and energy, can be spent well. So I'm going to a conference this weekend. It's a two-in-one conference, I think. I've never been to it before. It's called Podfest, Podfest and Vidfest. This so is all things podcast and video best. And I'm going there with the question in my mind of what do I want to move forward with as my primary content? And I suspect it's going to be podcasting, but I'm leaving my mind open to learn what I need to learn. But I just wanted to throw that out there as, as a process of what I'm thinking about. It's working now, but it's not going to give me the results I'm looking for, which is having a world-class podcast for ADHDers or a world-class YouTube channel for ADHDers because I can't run enthusiastically in both directions. I need to make one the primary direction and the other one can still be there, but it can't be the primary direction. And I feel like this weekend is going to help me tap into my knowing to know what my next steps are. If I have a knowing at this point, it's podcasting, but um, I still have some unanswered questions. So I'm hoping that I'm coming back with a more resolute decision to move forward with that. So if you guys are at Podcast Fest slash Bid Fest this weekend in Orlando, I would love to meet you. Please come out and say hi. We'll be halfway through the, the show by the time this podcast launches. And that's all I got for you this week. So one more thing on the group coaching. I have gotten so many 
responses and I'm honored. I almost, I almost came to tears at one point because I'm so honored that folks want to work with me. I, I know I have something to offer, but I also know that as people are filling out this form that they're sharing their vulnerabilities with me and I resonate with them so deeply because I feel like we all have a very similar brain, at least those of us women with ADHD. I don't, I can't speak for the men. So I'm so thrilled to move forward with this. I'm probably going to hold off one more week before I hone in on my first cohort because I keep getting responses and interest in, but my goal is still to launch it mid-July when uh, we're kicking off the second half of the year. So thanks very much, guys. If you haven't yet looked into the group coaching piece, I will put some information below. But as mentioned before, I don't have a lot of information yet because I'm actually going to craft the coaching program based on the interest list that I've gotten. And I've gotten a really interesting theme that maybe I'll share in a later podcast. But for now, I'm going to wrap things up here. I hope that was helpful. Always a pleasure having you guys here and listening because it's just an honor. It's an honor. So feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. And I love hearing from you guys. I love, love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next Friday. Take care for now.